Hello, you're very welcome to episode 57 of FNI Rap Chat. How are you all doing out there? Hope you are all doing well out in Filmland. Uh, today we have Patrick O'Neill of Wildcard Distribution. Um, someone we've been wanting to get on the show for a while. Uh, we haven't had any distributors on before and it's really brilliant to have Patrick on. He gave us so many good insights into uh, how to market films and he's really, you know, he really knows the Irish market and you can see that when you look at any of the films that are released by Wildcard, their trailers are just really on point, they're really clever um, and he talks about that a lot, their trailers and their posters and marketing, how much time they spend on getting those things right and working with working with the filmmakers and that kind of thing. Um, so we found this one really insightful and we hope you do too. Thanks a million for coming in. Uh, Patrick is the uh, MD of uh, Wildcard Distribution, uh, which we fe- we felt was criminally underrepresented uh, on the podcast. That we, so we've been kind of hassling him for months on end <laughs> to try and get him in so he can distribute knowledge <laughs> to up-and-coming filmmakers across the country. It so feels like I'm in, in, inevitably going to disappoint now. Oh, I know. We've we built you up so far. Uh, uh, sorry, but I beg your pardon. Uh, girl. How are you doing today? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, we're busy at the moment. A couple of things going on. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah. coming waves, so like you, a big one for you would have been holding the ground recently. Is there a bit of a breath after you've done the release, or is it just cons- a constant hum of business? Um, it, it really depends. You know, um, we can kind of get involved in films um, at various stages, you know. Um, a lot of what happens now is we get involved at the financing stage. We might be involved in. in in the film at a very very early stage at script stage um so then when that film is ready to go it can be um it can be hard to kind of imagine when that's going to be ready and you have to take into consideration uh festival premieres and other distributors in other territories what happens now in the market if there's a u.s deal in place uh, a lot of times the u.s distributor will insist on a hold back so we wouldn't be able to distribute the film until it's um until it comes out in the US. Okay. So there's a lot of different factors. Yeah. So, you know, last year was quite a busy year for us. We, yeah. we had a lot on and we wouldn't have as much on the slate this year. Okay. But there's still opportunities out there of finished films that we, we'll probably look to pick up over, over the next while. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so Hole in the Ground would have been a, a big film for us and we would have, you know, been on that film from a very early stage. Yeah. Um, but last Friday we, we worked on a film called Five Feet Apart for Vertigo Films in the UK. So, oh. you know, it could be something like Holding in the Ground where we've been working on for two years yeah. and then something like Five Feet Apart where, the, you know, someone in the UK will get in touch with us a couple of weeks out from release and, you know, the, it would be that close. A, a bit more concentrated sometimes. Do you want yeah. some of this action type emails? Well, it's kind of, <laughs> it might be, do you think this film has potential for an Irish audience, you okay. know, and you'd kind of mm. analyse it and you'd, th- you know, and you'd kind of make a proposal 
about you know the, the kind of work we could do here in Ireland because uh, the vast majority of films that reach the Irish market um, are distributed primarily by by UK companies or, or at least uh, UK based companies. Okay, through the bigger the yeah big, the bigger boys. As it so were. there'd be you know the way it works out is like the studios would all have bases here, hmm. uh, but then just be the larger kind of independent distributors like the E ones and Lionsgate would just have their kind of UK offices. Yeah. Um, so it might be kind of niche type films. So that that five period part is like a teen cancer yeah. story. Uh, okay. Cystic fibrosis. Cystic fibrosis. <laughs> okay. uh, but no, it's it's doing quite well, and yeah, uh, yeah but we're kind of less hands on with, with a project like right. that. Okay. Um, and how much of your say business model is the those kind of releases? Um, it it wouldn't be a major part of it to be honest. Yeah. You know, yeah. we've kind of been more focused on doing our own thing, and then if we can pick up some some business there. Uh, that's that's good, you know, and it kind of it adds to the experience and um, obviously kind of helps with making a little bit of money. But, yeah. you know, obviously can, it can connect in with kind of uh, talent as well. So, mm. you know, we have a very good relationship with, with Altitude Films in, in the UK. Uh, we would have released uh, Amy, the Amy Winehouse film, Amy and, and Moonlight for them in Ireland. And then they were our partners on Black 47. You know, so yeah. a lot of times it, it can kind of trigger kind of uh, relationships that, that can be beneficial. Yeah. And say with holding the ground, um, what is your role in that? Say going to America is that is it kind of passing it on to uh, the American distributor? Or how does that work? Yeah, once uh, films are made at that budget level, yeah. say anything in excess of a million and a half, two million, you know, yeah. once you're up at that level of film, you know, more times there'd be like an international sales agent involved. Yeah. So for something like Hole in the Ground, the sales agent was Bankside, and what they would mm -hmm. be involved in is like selling it territory by territory. Okay. And they would have done the deal with A24 in the US, and once that deal is done, and that would have been... I would say during production or, or maybe right. during post production, okay. uh, and then once that happens, everyone you know there was a lot of uh, a lot of working together and coordinating the strategy. And once Sundance was in play, then you know we all kind of got together to kind of make sure that we all kind of uh, went out around the same time. So that film was released uh, in the US, in the UK, and Ireland on first of March on the same date. Uh, oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, okay. so that that's yeah. a kind of good scenario to to okay. be in. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, why is that kind of the ideal? Well. Um, especially with you know like genre films, piracy is is a big. It's um, to try and uh, essentially to try and get ahead of that. Yeah, it's a big issue. So you know if you've got you know a US distributor who's kind of you know flying out with it, and, and you don't get your hands on it until six months later, you know um, mm. the way the world works. You know, especially with a certain type of film, you know mm. that's going to be be at risk and also you know you might have a film that might be really relevant for an Irish market and you know you would expect it's probably going to get better reviewed here you know it's more you know the audience yeah. might go for it and you know a lot of that might be lost on maybe a US audience or Australia or, or any other territory and if it goes in those territories first you know you might look at the reviews and like, oh it might be a bit weak and then you know you get good Irish reviews but okay. there might be that sentiment internationally that the film isn't isn't great you know mm -hmm. okay. and there was quite a quick turnaround from Sundance to actually getting the re release was that part of that strategy as well? Um, yeah, like given this festival size of Sundance, yeah. you know, that's essentially a world premiere. Yeah. So even though the film was ready, you know, several months beforehand, um, uh, you know, everyone was kind of held back until 
it had to go to Sundance. And then uh, A24, the US distributor, were keen to kind of release on the back of Sundance, which is a, mm. a strategy you would use quite regularly, even domestically here. We would try to factor in if we're premiering in Dublin or the Galway Film Flower or Cork that we're kind of releasing a film soon after. So when the US were kind of looking at going those dates and given the fact it was a horror film and there is yeah. those concerns about mm-hmm. piracy, you know, it seemed that if we were releasing the same week and, you know, if the film's getting reviewed in like, you know, the LA Times and New York Times and and equally in the UK and The Guardian and then we're going out here and, you know, that yeah, yeah. you're kind of creating that kind Trying of... Trying to capitalise on the momentum. Yeah, and even yeah. Rotten Tomatoes now and IMDb ratings, those things are very important, important. for even audiences here. So... You know, um, when you're going out, you know, that that's kind of good. And like, you know, the hole in the ground had an excellent kind of, you know, reactions on that side. So yeah. it was good. And uh, what was it like releasing that film in Ireland? Because there's not, just in terms of releasing an Irish horror, um, what were the kind of challenges of that? Yeah, <laughs> it was, um, you know, at an early stage, uh, I, I've known Lee a while and, and, and the producer John and... Um, you know, the idea was that in truth, horror films haven't really Irish horror films haven't really worked in the Irish market. Mm. So at the start, we said we're going to make this seem like a big movie. You know, we kind of jokingly said in the office, make it feel like kind of Bloomhouse has come to Ireland to make a movie. And you know, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, I guess you know, there's been a lot of great Irish horrors made in truth. You know, over the yeah. last mm-hmm. twenty years, and you know, but a lot of them would have been acquired, let's say, um, especially in the genre of filmmaking, there's a lot of value in what's called the home entertainment. So the DVD, video mm. on demand, you know, the kind of subscription like like Netflix and TV deals can be quite valuable. And the theatrical is usually high risk. So you'd probably in the past have a lot of distributors um, acquiring the film, knowing they can make good money on the home end portion mm-hmm. and not willing maybe to risk much on the theatrical because it's very expensive to release a film theatrically. Yeah. So, you know, the fact an Irish horror film hasn't really worked up until now, um, that would be no, seen as no kind of criticism of, of the films it's themselves, let's say. Yeah. Uh, so with Hole in the Ground, we just thought, you know, maybe we could try and, you know, one of the reviews called it a game changer for Irish horror. And that mm. was essentially what we were trying to go for, you mm. know, kind of create for, an appetite. For, for, yeah, forget what you've seen in the past. This yeah. is a new thing. And, you know, we spent a lot of money on kind of the poster and the trailer. Mm. And, you know, when we did the press junket, we wanted everything to feel. And, you know, Sundance and A24 helped out. We just wanted to make it feel uh, like like a big movie. And it worked really well for us. And, you know, it's just kind of finishing up in, in cinemas now after around uh, five or six weeks. So That's great. Yeah. Hashtag yeah. support Irish film. Can yeah. I say it while it's still there? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it was a challenge, yeah. you know, and because, you know, even with dealing with cinemas and we have to negotiate, you know, everything with cinemas. Mm. And, you know, they'll say, oh, you know, it's not going to work. And Irish horror, Irish horror films yeah. don't work. And so you have to kind of mm. do do a lot of pitch, you know, to yeah. to convince people that you're going to give it an effort. And, yeah. you know, you're going to do TV ads. You're going to put it on the sides of buses. Yeah. You know, not everyone can do that. You know, we're actually, I should say that uh, any films that are supported by Screen Ireland, they're they're very supportive, you know, uh, mm-hmm. right yeah. through to the, the yeah. marketing and, and distribution. So uh, their assistance is always greatly appreciated. Definitely felt different it felt like people were you know the, ma- the your normal punter was excited to see it yeah 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 and i think we did you know we wanted to build in the irishness to that as well and you know the the cast are, are all great and mm-hmm. even things like using kind of you know lisa hannigan is kind of used in the trailer singing mm-hmm. wheel of wall Mm-hmm. Um, and you know that whole kind of Irish story is changeling you know so there's a the, it's Ireland's quite rich in, in mythology you know and I think you know feels like it could potentially be the tip of the iceberg and know? I have to say as well probably one of the best 
uh, trailers. Mm. Irish you. film really trailers. Yeah. I've seen. I, like, I really like. I obviously I know Lee a little bit, but I was like, I this really perked my interest. I was like, okay, I need to go and see this, and I need to go and see this in the cinema. Yeah, that that yeah. trailer was took a lot of work. Right. <laughs> it was a long, Many long time. On that. A, a lot, and <laughs> it was kind of um, we were kind of editing it on this side uh, simultaneously while A24 were doing their one in the US and it was like okay. Give us a it was nearly a competition Show you know yeah. and and you know I, I wouldn't like to underestimate the you know the contributions to Lee with that trailer were, were incredible oh, fantastic and yeah there's a company in London called uh, Intermission um, and they're excellent you know right. so they, they would have cut that trailer so. they specialise in trailers yeah yeah um, yeah how important are trailers just on that? I think they're the most important. Right. Yep. Um I I think like we spend a lot of time, you know, the holding the ground took several months, Black Forty Seven took several months. Right. Katie took several months. Another you know, great one. Yeah. They're so all, it pays off actually because Black Forty Seven excellent trailer as well. Yeah, and I think, you know, if you put the effort into doing a really good trailer, like just the way the environment is online at the moment, mm-hmm. like uh, that'll do the work for you, you know, yeah. like a lot of times if people are sharing it and saying to their friends, you need to see this, mm-hmm. you know, like when we come to the the marketing spend side of it, we have to pay a lot of money to get those eyeballs sometimes, but when you can get it organically like that, yeah. you know, and it's more, it's kind of more earned almost, you know, um, like so, if you put the effort in, up front and, and you know in, into the trailer, it'll yeah. I, I think it's the most important. How should filmmakers think? Because or how involved? Because sometimes traditionally it's kind of like oh, a director shouldn't cut their own trailer. Or, you know, I would one hundred percent agree with. Okay, that. <laughs> sorry to all the directors <laughs> listening. Uh, can they be involved, or should it be a separate? We would definitely involve yeah. all the directors. So I would always see it as a collaborative yeah. thing. You know, um, I you know any film we get involved with, we have conversations straight off the bat in terms of how we're going to position the film mm-hmm. and what we feel the target audience is and what we need to do to to kind of reach that audience. And you know, I would like to think that it's it's highly collaborative process. And yeah, I would never, I don't think I've ever released a trailer that the director has, has not been happy with. Why is that? Do you think is it just they're too close? To I would say so. Yeah. You know, and mm. like there's lots of tricks yeah. with cutting trailers. Right. And, you know, once you're involved in the process, they're thinking, oh, I never knew they did it like that. You know, and it's yeah. it's it's a specialized thing, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, there are some very good trailer editors here in Ireland as well. I have to say we've worked with Colin Campbell and, and John O'Connor in, in Windmill. I, you know, mm. I find those guys excellent as well. Yeah. Um, like Colin would have done Carbon Gangsters and Young Offenders for us. Um, so... Uh, yeah, so there's skills here as well. But yeah. I would say, you know, I, I'm happy for the director to be involved, but I don't think they should be, like, sitting in the yeah. uh, suite. Now, like, the thing is, directors will know their film better than anybody. Mm-hmm. So when you get to stage where you're making a trailer and you go, oh, there's a problem there, we need to, sh-, you know, they're like, oh, yeah. what about try this? Or why don't we use that bit of dialogue over this shot, you know, to yeah. get you past this, if this is what you want to do. And, um, yeah. Because there's nothing worse than, have you ever seen a bad trailer for a good film? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Put yeah, me on the spot you, now. Yeah, should I well, name it? Or no, don't, you know? no, you don't have to name. It, but it, that is heartbreaking when you see that happen. You know. Yeah, or when yeah, when you come to something late, you realise it's a much better film than the trailer yeah. dictated. Um, just in terms of combating uh, piracy, like what other strategies apart from kind of you know simultaneous release? Is there to that, especially for such a small country like this? Yeah, if it there, leaks here, it kills it. Really. There, there are companies out there. 
that specialise that you pay a lot of money and they kind of go and take it down. But as you guys, I'm sure you know, <laughs> once it's, dodgy. it's <laughs> no, it's not dodgy. They're like you know trying to kind of help, right, you know, right, and they're they're kind of they take down the yeah. the the torrents and and the links. But uh, once it's out there, you know, I think. Once it hits the DVD VOD release, that's when you see the. You know, if you're releasing just theatrically in Ireland, you know, there's a good chance you can keep off a lot mm-hmm. of the piracy. You know, mm-hmm. um, because the systems we would distribute the content into the cinemas is very secure. So we use a kind of system. It's called Landsat. So what it does is essentially beams it via satellite, and there's an encryption key then that we generate. You know, so okay. Um, it's uh, so we're relatively so safe on yeah. the theatrical side. Mm. It's relatively safe, but once you go out on DVD and download then like anyone can you know it's kind yeah. of, a bit, it's of bit of a free for all yeah. so yeah there's not much we can do we try often try to um appeal to people's kind of soundness i would say <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> please, please don't pirate this movie yeah. um and there's you know there's organizations in ireland that are that are working against that yeah. um and dealing with the kind of broadband providers to help um and i guess awards screeners is a part of that like with the genre ones probably not as much of an issue but yeah, yeah. you see the award screeners you know mm. um yeah it's it, uh, but what can you do you need to yeah it's it yeah. it's it's tough you know um you know it's it's tough i i think you know you'd like to think a lot of lessons would have been learned from the kind of music industry in the early days but you know i guess mm. it's the same it's primarily driven by the studios again so it's kind of it's um yeah it's it's a, it's a tough one to to tackle I would yeah, say. Yeah. Although with we'll see now, you know, the way that the industry's going, like up until now, the traditional approach has been kind of territory by territory sales, you mm. know, and with, you know, the platforms, obviously, you know, Netflix and Amazon, but with, you know, Disney Plus and, and Warners and doing their own and, and others to come, uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, with this kind of nearly world, you know, simultaneous yeah. world kind of SVOD, you know, release. Yeah, it's it's it's. Uh, I, there's no quick fix, is there, for something like this? It's just something that uh, I think uh, mm. you just have to rely on. I suppose on people's integrity and soundness. Yeah, soundness. It, there was a point when you know when we were starting out, we, we thought that you know if a film was pirated, that was a kind of. Uh, um, it means somebody likes oh, it. Oh, it's flattering. See it and, then, <laughs> yeah. and then it's not until it actually happens then when, you know... Well, if someone was, was paying you a compliment and taking a tenner out of your back pocket at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, it's very nice to yes, see you, sir. Someone, someone put up Black 47 on Facebook and I think it had, it had over 70,000 views in 24 hours. No, what? You know, the first the yeah. So, wow. um, so it's also like Facebook were pretty good at getting it down, but well, it took a day. But yeah, you know, I just when it was someone shows the interest in the film, though. Yeah, I mean, and you'd expect it to be in torrents, but like you wouldn't yeah. expect your film to be uploaded to Facebook. No, you know? um, and obviously like with that being that liked and shared and yeah, stuff, and yeah. you obviously put in a copyright kind of infringement thing. But that we just kind of came across, you know, that entails us in the office as well, like mm. checking all the time. You yeah, know, this stuff. When you look at say Black Forty Seven and how well it, it did in Ireland uh, nationally. And then you see the strategy and how it performed in the states. What's how does that make you feel? Why did that happen? Do you think I would? I was very surprised by how it performed over there because I would have thought I would have thought with the dysphoria and stuff they would have lapped it up and jumped on it. What? what yeah. What we, do you think went wrong there? We were the first company to launch the trailer for Black Forty Seven, so we we put it out on our socials. Mm-hmm. Um, early summer, I would say, and within an hour. You could see, 
you know, our, our Facebook following doubled in, in 24 hours. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, the official site for, for the for the film. It was just like it was just going wild. And so we were communicating this to the U.S. distributor, you know, and where there was pockets of Irish interest. And there's obviously Irish organizations all over the U.S. Um it's hard to say. It was distributed by a company called IFC Films. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, kind of what I was saying about maybe maybe other distributors and other, you know, just the way film distribution works is when they acquire film, they go, oh, we'll make so much by selling it to Netflix mm-hmm. or Amazon or one of the TV stations or whatever. Mm-hmm. And we've paid this amount for the film and we can make this amount. So, so you know... Might have the, become less of, less of a priority. For yeah, them. and I would say... You know, we can all see it very clearly, that film and the appeal it would have to the diaspora. But mm-hmm. uh, for companies internationally who wouldn't, you know, they wouldn't be looking at it in the same way. And even though you have those conversations, it's maybe it's hard for them to grasp. And uh, they did release it like they had a kind of platformed release. And I think they might, might have reached 100 screens in the end. Mm-hmm. But um, as, as you know, uh, you know, films really need a, a campaign, mm-hmm. you know. For, yeah. for it to work and I would just say that kind of strategy if you wanted to go out with Black 47 in the US you know it would be quite labour intensive you know yeah. you would mm. probably need a lot of grassroots a lot of kind of and change the name to the Irish famine yeah. <laughs> <laughs> clearly are, are stars <laughs> more important there than they are here do you think uh, I think you know it's funny this idea of, of stars mm. you know and who we all think of you know that you think of Tom Cruise or mm. you know yeah. um, but it's kind of funny now how people seem to have you know, it, it's not the obvious, always the obvious things you see now, you know. Um, like, uh, I guess not. I mean, you look at something like Hereditary, for example. Like, every, obviously, they had bankable actors that yeah. worked. But the same goes for Black 47 in that regard. I think there's something about putting some name actors in your film gives a bit of uh, legitimacy to it. And yeah. it feels like if people are going to the cinema on a Saturday night and mm. they might have got the babysitter in, you know, it can cost a lot of money, popcorn, <laughs> yeah. whatever. And that, This bloke made me laugh in 1998. Or it just might seem, oh, you know, that film, you know, it probably has decent production values, yeah, you know, yeah. might, might get my, mm. my money's worth there. Mm. So it can help like that. We'd also look at cast in terms of like how media kind of friendly they would be. Mm. So, you know, we would look at something and if the cast would say like, well, you know, will Ryan Tubbery take him on, on the Late Late Show? You know, mm. will we be able to get features in this publication? You know, right, we yeah. would do look at social media following. Um, and sometimes it's nice to to think outside the box. You know, on Young Offenders, PJ Gallagher had never been in a movie. and you know, But that really yeah. helped. You know, he was mm-hmm. well known and well liked in Ireland and the comedy, you know. Yeah. So and we're doing a film with Maeve Higgins this year as well. So so that's got, that's really interesting. She's put in a brilliant performance. So, right. you know, that's exciting as well. You know, it's yeah. not like a, a box office star, but it's someone that for, you know, mm-hmm. individual market like Ireland can, can work well. Uh, just in terms of your own route to where you are now, um, let's take it right back. Uh, this oh. is this is the this is your life <laughs> section, by the way. Um, just in in terms of somebody who was not who didn't want to go down the traditional director producer route and wanted to get into distribution or you know sales, I suppose, or marketing of films. How how would they do that, and how did you do that? Um. I know you worked for the Screen Ireland. Doing yes. Um, yeah, I kind of worked in, in different parts of, of the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually, I kind of did business studies in truth in, in college and uh, wor- worked in different types of jobs uh, growing up. Okay. And yeah, as like, I'm sure a lot of people that work in the industry, a chance meeting <laughs> uh, 
one of those things where um, I got a call from from my cousin and uh, ended up working on the Count of Monte Cristo that was shooting here in in, in production. Okay. And so yeah, I worked on a couple of films in production: Song for Raggy Boy, Rain of Fire, a couple of films around that time. And um, yeah, then I I did. There was a great course. They don't do it anymore. Um, it was an organization called the Media Business School, and uh, they ran a school in Ronda, which is in Spain. And it was on the business of films. So essentially, you'd have modules on kind of, you know, the accountancies and legals, but also sales, distribution, development, production. So it was a very, very rounded view of of, of the industry. Okay. Um, and through that uh, course, I ended up doing an internship in London for a company called Capital Films, who they would have done um, Gosford Park, Cheapers Creepers, you know, and they were a sales agent. So okay. I guess that was when I kind of, you know, from that experience, I quite enjoyed that that side, and you know, my, with my business studies um, and marketing experience, that that kind of seemed like a good fit. <laughs> um, and yeah, and then um, I worked for Screen Ireland for for seven years, and uh, then six years ago, uh, set up Wildcard with um, with McDara Kelleher, uh, Lance Daly, and Morgan Bush from Fastnet Films. Fantastic. And what was the what made it click, or what what did you think was missing, or what? What void could you fill? Did you see at that time? There's nobody else doing this properly in this country. <laughs> kind of thing. No, there was a lot. You know, well, there was two companies at the time. Uh, still are uh, Element and Eclipse. You mm-hmm. know, who do who do really good work. Um, but the, the output for Irish film at that time, uh, there was a lot of films. Not mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Well, you seem to be taking more risks. It wasn't. Yeah. yeah, it was like you know distribution isn't a one size fits all it's not mm-hmm. like they're a film distributor I have a film they'll distribute my film if you look at distributors in the UK or the US or any other territory they're good at doing different types of things and you mm-hmm. know some films uh, work better for them than others so we always felt there was probably a gap there for um, uh, for for the films that, that we personally kind of liked okay. and also um like Fastnet Films, who who I set up the company with, uh, were producing a lot of films as well, and and they were kind of keen to have some sort of control over over the films they you know the films they would make. They would, wanted them to to be involved in the, in the distribution of those films. Yeah, to make sure they, I suppose, reach the audience that they wanted them. Exactly. To reach. Yeah. Um. So yeah, and you know, the film board were well kind of funded at that stage, and there was a lot of good films coming out, and there just there seemed to be opportunities there. Okay. And the market was changing as well. You know, the DVD was in decline. You had the growth of kind of iTunes and, and Netflix were there. Um, you know, I, I had a in, strong interest in, in, in technology um, and trends. And uh, like I thought it would be interesting to set up a kind of a small distributor now with an eye on all those, that scenario and just mm-hmm. kind of being, being in a position to be, to adapt Mm-hmm. And uh, take advantage of of the new technology and not be beholden to um, what kind of what's gone on before. Okay. So what what's considered, I, I suppose, from a distributor's point of view and a director or a film company's point of view, what's considered success with the film? Making money, well, re- I, reach. I've, everyone has their own metrics for success, I guess. You mm-hmm. know, um, if I was a filmmaker, I would say. If I, the film being a success will just allow me to make another film. You know, yeah, is this yeah. going to make me? You know, uh, is there is there a case of where there's a bit of a strategy? You know that you're going to support a certain individual, and there might be more of a risk taken with regard to the first piece to know that they may 
the next yeah. one down the line. Well, maybe there's a couple a, of people we've shot. we've done multiple films. You know, we've done two films with Lance Daly, two films with Mark O'Connor, two yeah. films with Frank Berry. So you know, apologies if I've forgotten anyone. <laughs> that we've done two films with, um, and yeah, there there is that. You know. Um, but I think that that's, you know, every film is different. And, you know, you see some films and you go, yeah, that's obviously aimed at, you know, getting a premiere in Cannes or, you know, it's an mm-hmm. art house title. Mm-hmm. You know, for those kind of art house films, let's call them, there's not much of a market in Ireland, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in terms of pure art house sites, you've got, you know, Lighthouse and Palos and, and Irish Film Institute and Triscoll and Cork and then everything else is a little bit of a multiplex kind of vibe to it. So, mm-hmm. um yeah, and then, you know, you have someone who wants to make films for audiences. And, you know, mm. when we worked with Peter on Young Offenders, we were always, from a very early stage, it was like, you know, you saw the appeal and really wanted people to see it and like it. And, you know, for that film to be a success, it was to connect with, with an Irish audience. And, you know, there was a lot of bonuses then come out of that. Obviously, the TV show, mm. they did a worldwide deal with Netflix. So there's a lot there, you know. Mm. Um, but I think... Yeah, again, you know, there's not necessarily a template to say this is what constitutes success for you or for your film, you know, for every film. But it's it's each one and it's uh, on its own, you know. And there's some films that have like really social kind of things that you feel it would be of benefit for every Irish person to see, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the films of You Frank still believe Barry. in films and, and, yeah, and, and, and their importance in and society. Like I used to live here and, and Michael Inside are, are phenomenal films and you, mm. you feel nearly Irish society would be better for it if everybody mm. could be sat down and say, watch these films, you yeah, know. Yeah, and, yeah. Totally. and that feeds into it and, you know, we do things, everyone does things for different reasons, you know, and um, yeah, it's, yeah, every film is different. Who's your favourite child? That you've distributed. Film? <laughs> Anyone that's special. Oh, like, who's yeah. your special boy? Who's the golden oh, child? Uh, I'm kidding. I could any, not any possibly say. I I'm, I'm, I'm joking. Say. I wouldn't put you on the I could tell you the problem, children. Though. <laughs> yeah, there's a few of them, I'd say. <laughs> I'm uh, joking, of course. So, say if you're, uh, just from a, a director's point of view, say somebody has a finished feature, uh, an Irish uh, f- f- finished feature, and they're not entirely sure about how they might go about distributing it. What advice would you have for them? Obviously, you know, it should be of merchantable quality and interesting, you know, but particularly with kind of lower mid-end budget stuff. Yeah, I would say, what, like... What's the procedure? Um, I think it's it's important to be honest, you know, with yourself and, and with the work. Mm-hmm. And if you can be objective, you know, have a look at it and compare it to other films that are in the market, you know. Mm-hmm. And... Um, you know, we often get approached by people saying this film's going to be the next this, and you kind of know it's not. You know, so um, but there's it should be a place for for every work. You know, it may not always be theatrically. Yeah. You know, there there are other routes routes to market, um, and uh, yeah, like come come talk to us. You know, if you want to release it theatrically. In truth, that the cinemas kind of w- want to deal with distributors. There's relationships mm-hmm. there, you know. Um, they know it's going to be released. The DCPs are going to work. They know they're going to get posters. They know they're going to get trailers. Mm-hmm. They know, you know, when the person sends their invoice looking for the money, it's going to, you know, they're set up already. You know, so they're, the cinemas do like dealing with uh, with distributors okay. and people who distribute movies. So I would say if you do want your film to get seen, that would be the first step. Uh, to talk to distributors and there are uh, distributors in Ireland so Element Pictures Distribution uh, Eclipse Pictures and ourselves Wildcard so there are straight off the bat there there are options here in Ireland there are a, a lot of UK distributors so you know th- that's also an, an option mm-hmm. um, and then you know 
yeah, there, there's lots of, you know, and with technology now, if it, the worst comes to the worst, you can mm. do it Vimeo on demand and stick it up, you know, and yeah. figure out a way to do it that. And But it's like, it's all very well, you know, sticking your film out there, but you need to be resourced to t- let people know about it. Mm-hmm. And you need to convince them that your film's worth seeing. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What's the most common mistake people make uh, in terms of distribution? Um. I would say you only get one chance to make a first impression. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it can be frustrating sometimes when, um, you know, something has committed to like a festival or have done the own, tra- put out their own trailer and, you know, might have got a bit of traction and you're mm-hmm. like, oh, you know, you could have, you Talk know, and then, you, well, it just could be if it was a film we're interested in, we'd like to kind of control that. So it's part of an overarching strategy. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, you might see it at a festival and, you, you know, you mightn't be in a position or our schedule mightn't allow it to be reached in us for a year later. You know, and that that's late, and um, yeah. But on the other side, then you know, festivals are really good to kind of get your work shown and mm-hmm. get interest. And it might be a film that uh, you know it's hard to kind of generate buzz, but you do a festival screen and you get buzz. And then, yeah. <laughs> sorry, I'm kind of contradicting myself there. <laughs> but, uh, well, hopefully you get the vibe. No, no, no. It's uh, it's, it's all good. With say a director. Um, has a film and there's a bit of buzz about it and then they have to embark on the whole selling the film and going and talking. Is there a bit of coaching that you can do or advice that you can give to film? Uh, I would say research right. is incredibly important. Um, there's a website called sanando.com and I would say anyone in the industry should have a subscription to that website. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's about 100 euros a year and in there you get all, it's a complete database of distributors and sales agents and you can see all the films they've done they've done right so if like if there's a sales distributor and all they do is like no offense to older listeners but films for old people and you've got like a really edgy gangster youth comedy yeah you know they're <laughs> yeah. probably not the best people to be talking to yeah so uh, i would say re- research is massive if you can find the wherewithal to get to berlin and Cannes, mm. uh the markets there um Personally speaking, I've probably learned more about the industry at, at those markets, you know, yeah. um, than anywhere else. Uh, it's where a lot of deals happen. You see all the sales agents that have their stands, you know, all the distributors are there. Uh, it's worth, you know, even if you don't have something to sell, it's worth going to kind of have a look to see how it all works, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And people are quite generous with their time, you yeah. know. So, um, yeah, so... I would say research and like people are, I know everyone's busy. Everyone is busy doing their yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. And, but you gotta, you gotta realize that, you know, um, if you want someone to read your script or watch your film or, you know, and all that, that it, you know, it might be joining a queue of a lot of other projects, you know, so yeah. you will need to be a bit patient for, yeah. for, for feedback. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I would say like put your best foot forward, mm. you know, so, like have very clear ideas of what you're, and it depends on what stage, if it's a finished film or, or at an earlier stage, but but have a very clear identity of what the film is yeah. and what you want to make and, you know, mm-hmm. who you feel is kind of right for, for the roles and, and you know, if there's any hooks there that a distributor could potentially miss, you mm-hmm. know, be, be clear with them what that might be. You know, if you say, you know, we're doing this film and it's about a, chess player and we've researched and there's like a thousand chess clubs in Ireland <laughs> yeah. and we spoke to the chess organisation and they'll back it and yeah, yeah, you know yeah. chess players are frequent cinema goers <laughs> I don't know if they are but <laughs> you, do you know what I mean yeah, maybe yeah. you can yeah. think about things like that that might spark kind yeah. of a distributor's interest yeah. you know mm-hmm. and then if your film is getting released 
and then you have to talk about your film and uh, do interviews and do press and all that. Would you have advice for filmmakers and how is there any pitfalls that they can avoid there? I think like most of the projects we've done, I think the the directors and cast have been performed really, really well yeah, yeah. Uh, in front of media. I think maybe yeah. Irish people are just kind of comfortable and good at that kind of thing. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I would say kind of, I know it's, yeah, just be yourself, I would say. You know, right. that's always quite, plays quite well, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, if you have someone like Lee Cronin who's so passionate about his movie and movies in general, he's a joy to watch in interviews. Like yeah, he was very, very good. Yeah. Well done, Lee. <laughs> <laughs> well done, well done. Former guest. You can go back and listen to, uh, I think, episode 27 or 28. was We had Lee on. We actually had him on uh, maybe about six or seven months before the release. So he pretty much just finished. Yeah, uh, and so. it was like he, he, so much he wanted to say, but couldn't say. Yeah, kind of yeah. Thing, which is also part of it. Um, speaking of things that you can say and not say, uh, what have you got coming up on the slate? What, what are you excited about? Um, yeah, so we're just kind of finished up with uh, Hole in the Ground theatrically, so mm-hmm. we'll obviously be getting that out on other formats over the next couple of months. Uh, really excited about Extraordinary, so it just mm-hmm. premiered at South by Southwest. Lovely. Uh, so we look to premiere at that some stage here during the summer um, and maybe release kind of late summer or early autumn. So we're kind of working at the moment on poster and trailer for that. And uh, yeah, very excited. It's a big comedy, and comedy is a strong brand for great, for Ireland. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And it's got great cast. Maeve, Maeve Higgins is it's a real kind of breakout performance. It's it's a you know she's brilliant in it. Will Forte from Saturday Night Live in Nebraska, Nebraska and mm-hmm. Last Man on Earth. He's really good. He's a retired kind of rock musician living in a castle in Tullamore. Who <laughs> of course, decides he decides to. Uh, enlist the help of kind of a demon to help him write a hit record you know, so awesome and it's as mad as it sounds yes what but it's it's very funny supernatural comedy I would yeah. say so that'll be a big release for us we've also got a feature Doc Jihad Jane which is which is kind of fascinating so uh, by Kieran Cassidy so we'll be getting that out and then there's a couple of other projects we're kind of circling so hopefully we, we'll be adding to that slate uh, you've such a wide variety of films from documentaries to uh, genre pieces when you're watching a film what are you looking for and what is the thing that makes you buzz off it and go this, I, we need this we need to put this out yeah just putting yourself in the sh- you know shoes or seat of, of the audience and go like yeah. you know will people like this and as I said before it's like it's you know and also can I convince people to go see this film mm. yeah. yeah on the doc side I would say there is a trend that if you can kind of um, if you do have a very high profile individual that the documentary is about that mm-hmm. has an audience you know we did the Amy Winehouse film we did Bobby Sands both of those yeah. did, did very well for us so you know those kind of films you can kind of see their fan base or, or their uh, weird to call Bobby Sands fan bu- base but <laughs> you know what I mean there's a few yeah. bums on seats as a result of that yeah. yeah and then you know the work in those kind of campaigns then for those kind of docs it's kind of working those mm. kind of networks and communities that are passionate and kind of create create a kind of base uh, base group for the film then you have something like Jihad Jane which is a bit more of a, a topical thing I guess kind of a class is kind of a stranger than fiction yeah. kind of a story how do you market something like that uh, we're currently yeah. figuring that out yeah, so yeah. any ideas welcome <laughs> the bomb squad are in on that one <laughs> uh, it's it's yeah it's it was a massive story you yeah. know and just the idea of these kind of American women being lured to Waterford to carry out a jihad is, is a fascinating story so you know I think 
you know, on documentaries now, the market is very tough, to be yeah. fair. Like, there's a lot of documentaries made, but, you know, uh, in the UK, I think the year before last, the market share was like 0.3% for theatrical docs. You know, you have the breakouts like, you know, yeah. Free Solo and, and Three Identical yeah. Strangers and, mm-hmm. you know, um, and a few other ones. As I said, we you know we have done well with a couple of them, but but the market is tough. And there is the, there is this idea that, you know, is is there a talent drain to like the Netflix? You know, is, mm. is Netflix the place to go, mm. or or Channel Four to see the, these these quality doc, doc yeah. documentaries? Yeah. Um, there, yeah, like, but you know, with documentaries, you do have that. You know, it's it's probably easier to identify an audience in general for a documentary. Mm. Okay. Can I just ask something, just kind of off the cuff, just in terms of dealing with Netflix, because you would have had quite a number of dealings with Netflix. What do they like to work with? Uh, Amazing, obviously, because yeah. I love doing business with Netflix. Uh, yeah, no, they're actually, they are very, very good, very accommodating. And, you know, we're quite lucky that we have a very good relationship with, with Netflix, um, um, kind of cultivated o- over a couple of years. And, um, you know, it helps that, um, you know, we've also got the production side as well with McDarrick Gallagher. And you know he produced Night Flyers for for Netflix. So, ah, okay. um, and yeah, no, they they're really easy to deal with. You know, I think uh, we were out there in Los Angeles a couple of weeks ago me- meeting with them, and um, they they kind of like the kind of Irish, you know, they like to have let's call it local content on, on their service. You know, so they're interested in they are significant yeah. Irish content, and it, it's done yeah. well. And then we've done a couple of international deals as well. So for something like Cardboard Gangsters, it did really well on UK Ireland Netflix, and then they took it for. Uh, multiple international territories, so they took it for US and Scandinavia, Australia, New Zealand, a couple of other territories. So, um, yeah, we find them very good. So the way it is now in the market, like ninety nine percent, you kind of do one or the other deal. So essentially, you've got like a, a Sky deal or a Netflix deal or even an RT. You know what they they see themselves. You used to have it. You could do like let's call it the SVOD rights alongside. You know the mm-hmm. people didn't compete. You know the broadcasters didn't see. Like the Netflix and Amazon as a as a competitor, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. so you could do the two deals, and right. now it's like yeah, it has to be one or the other, okay? Because yeah, yeah. everyone's you know everyone's kind of at the, looking for the same rights now. Mm. But no, it has been good, you know, and obviously the DVD market's kind of declined, yeah, massively. So to have like an extra kind of layer in there for for Netflix, it's, it's been good. And, you know, we have been, you know, yeah, they've, they've been good to us. I have to say. Great. And good for Irish film in general. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, people are seeing Irish movies in places where they never would have seen them before. Yeah, so and, you know, thing. going back to, you know, talking about what constitutes, you know, success for your film. Like, if, if as a filmmaker, you say, I want my film to be seen as widely as possible, yeah. you know, somewhere like Netflix is could be the place for your film. You There's know. no way to get stats or hits, plays, to know how many people have No, it did give there? you the occasional, you know, um, not necessarily stats, but just, oh, it's doing well. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh great! So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Is there a big difference? So you obviously look at Dublin as your big market. How do you get films out into the? Well, not 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 always. Right. Yeah. Not not always. Um, but yeah, it's it's. I am from Donegal, so I feel like I'm probably insider knowledge for for the regional market. Yeah. Or outsider knowledge, I should say. Um, yeah, like, um. It depends on the film, yeah. you know, like yeah. Young Offenders is massive in Cork, you know, yeah. I think in a couple of the cinemas there it was their biggest movie ever, you know. Really, yeah. <laughs> like, it's 
big that as doesn't surprise as, me as, 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 as big as Titanic you know so <laughs> it's and then we do something like Carbo Gangsters and it's yeah. you know it's massive and kind of Kulak and, and Liffey yeah. Valley and stuff and so you know every film you look at it on its own merits you know and you know um yeah, like the you know, we're quite lucky in Ireland, like there's a lot of independently owned cinemas. Um and, you know, for the most part they're they're very, very supportive of, of Irish film, you yeah. know, and uh it's a healthy enough scenario. There is something's happening this year now, so that there's um um a lot of cinemas have something called a virtual print fee. Apologies if this gets a bit boring now. <laughs> but so there's like a cost on playing the film in the cinema. Mm-hmm. Uh so look that it, it when the film, when the cinemas had thirty-five mil projectors, there was a period when they digitized. So, but there was companies that came in and said, "We'll put in your digital projectors free of charge, and we'll get the distributors to pay for it." Mm-hmm. So then, every time we put a film into that cinema, we get charged a fee. So a lot of times that would have reduced the opportunity to do a wide release. You know, or okay. if you're kind of not sure if a film's going to work, that you wouldn't take the risk. Right uh, now, luckily, I think this year they're all expiring those those charges. So. In theory, mm. it should give opportunities for films to be seen wider. Do you ever think, sometimes it feels like, it's there for a while, there was like an Irish movie out every week. Uh, it seems to come in. this month there's an Irish movie out, out <laughs> yeah. every week. Do you ever feel that there's too many films being released? or is that? Do you ever <laughs> there's never too many Irish films <laughs> in the cinema. Um, <laughs> or or that, we're, that we're stepping each o- over each other, that we're competing with each other or anything like that. Sometimes, you know, but that's no fault of anyone. Really. You know, it's yeah, just yeah. one of these things, you know, yeah. you've got to look out for your own interests a lot of times. And, yeah. Um, but the market is very tough, you know, like the, the superhero movies and, and those mm. big Disney films mm. are, you know, in the bigger cinemas, they probably take up two or three, at least two or three screens, you know. Yeah. So, um yeah, it, it's a challenging environment. In terms of Irish film, like, you know, as I said, going back, you know, maybe not every film is, is theatrical. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, you don't want to be the one to say, you know, I don't believe your film is good enough for the cinemas or suits the cinemas, you know. So, um, you know, I've been wrong on a lot of occasions. So, there's, you know, it is nice to see films get a chance. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um. But okay. I know this, but just a point on kind of the so Screen Ireland are, are very good at trying to kind of manage yeah. that so, so that you know you don't get to a place where two or three Irish films are out on the same date. Yeah. Now traditionally, I would say there are periods where you you seem to have uh, a little bit more releases, uh, notably in kind of you always seem to be kind of March, April, and also kind of September, October. There <laughs> seems to be these yeah. kind of pockets, yeah, yeah. you know. Um, but uh, yeah, but the, like. We we find with documentaries sometimes summertime's a nice time to release it. You know, we've got a lot of big movies in multiplexes, but all often the art house sites are a little bit kind of um don't have that much content. Yeah. Um the w- when you started out Wildcard, was there any piece of advice that you wish you'd give you'd been given? Um Don't do it. Don't do it. Yeah, it's a waste a of your time. Of you know, I think um so much of it was kind of on 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 the job yeah uh learning i would say you know don't you know it's very easy to kind of sit on the sidelines and look at things and go oh they should do that or they should do that and why didn't you know and you feel like sometimes i'm sure there's an expression like armchair expert or something Mm. like that and then you get into it and you realize oh this is right yeah Yeah. this is really really hard yeah yeah and you know never never take for granted someone's time to go see your movie in the cinema. You know, mm. That's someone's evening or someone's, mm. you know, mm-hmm. never take that for granted. And, you know, uh, I'm not saying we, we 
I ever did that necessarily, but you know, I probably underestimated the, you know, although if I probably knew knew the scope and the, the difficulty of it, I may not have done it in truth. But you uh, you appreciate people going to see the work. Oh yeah, we really appreciate it. We really appreciate it, and um, you know, it just says a lot. You know, I just know for myself, it's really hard to get to the cinema. You know, yeah. so yeah. so to make that choice and and to give your time. Um, to to see an Irish film is really appreciated, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, hopefully more people do it. Yeah, long live uh, interesting, culturally important Irish cinema and entertaining stuff. Yeah, as well. and there's good performers there as well, like you know something like The Favorite doing really well, and you know Black Forty Seven. So I, I mm. think you know we had a look, and there are kind of certain films that have more chance to work theatrically, you know, for an mm. Irish audience. Um, you know, historical films play well, comedies mm-hmm. play well, ad- literary adaptations if they're good, you know, yeah. like of, of popular books do well. So there are, you know, if you are a young filmmaker going, I want to make a hit, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. what you need to do is period comedy yeah. best selling yeah. book. <laughs> we're, not, we're not as curta- curtailed, or filmmakers are not as curtailed as they used to be. Go and, make, uh, go and no. make the films that you want to make. Yeah, it feels like we've turned a corner. Do you feel like in the last few years yeah I, I feel there's been films uh, made in the last couple of years you wouldn't have seen you mm. know made, made 20 years ago and a lot of that's technology and, and cost obviously yeah. mm-hmm. um, I think the skill base in Ireland has increased massively that's probably incoming productions I'm sure can have, have helped that yeah um, and uh, yeah I think people are interested you know we're relatively new you know Michael D kind of reconstituted the film board in 1993. In truth, that's the kind of start of the kind of the current phase mm. of, of filmmaking. And you know, there's been countries <laughs> over Europe and uh, other places that have been you know making and distributing their films for a hundred years. You know, so yeah. we're still yeah. a relatively fresh industry. Mm. Uh, so we are still finding our feet and and punching above our weight. I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah I definitely think so. Um, you know, uh, there's not, you know, if you look, even look at kind of Oscar nominations for Irish talent, if you kind of compare that against kind of other international territories or size, you know, yeah. it's it's really good. And um, yeah, I, I'd like to see probably more filmmakers um, make films for, for a general audience, I would say, you know, and okay. films that would be, I wouldn't say designed to play well, but, you know, definitely have the audience in mind. Um, and we, we actually something we do a lot now is test screenings as well you know so right. I, I think we find filmmakers recently kind of really use, using that to kind of hone hone certain <laughs> things yeah cut the fat off the meat uh, uh, thank you so much for coming in that's great really appreciate your time thanks for having me lovely thanks well Welcome to the Alison Spittle Show advertisement with me, Alison Spittle. I'm a comedian and podcaster. I've been doing this podcast for the past two years and I love it. I've had past guests like Colin McGorman, Tara Flynn, Sophie Hagen, Deborah Francis White and future guests like Sharon Horgan. So please tune in to my podcast. You can find it on the Headstuff Podcast Network or wherever you can find podcasts. Go for it. 